You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slap It Podcast. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last. What up? What up? Real Coach JB, another Slap Dick Podcast coming at you. Uh, hey, man, hope everybody's safe and healthy. Shit. Got a lot to get discussed real quick. Uh, it'll probably be about a 30-minute show. Um, quote of the day, man, on this fine October 12th, 2020. Monday morning, 9.15-ish, West Coast, Cali time. Listen, man, this is my own quote. Uh... There is no speed limit on your life's direction. Just make sure it's always going forward. You ain't got no speed limit on how fast you got to go to get somewhere, man. And you ain't got a fucking speed limit on, uh, you know, how fast you got to make a million dollars or how fast you got to have the best job or whatever, man. Just don't go backwards and fucking digress. There is no speed limit on your life's direction. Just make sure it's always going forward. So... Hey, uh, shout out to all my, uh, YouTubers, um, and, uh, I want to get into all your guys' questions, uh, and concerns. I appreciate it. Um, I do have Russell Wilson on the slate. I do have Mahomes on the slate. I do have Dak Prescott on the slate. So I'm gonna get to a lot of those things you got to talk about, um, even though I'm not breaking news or anything, I'm just doing a slapdick take on everything. But uh, I just try to spice it up and do it, you know, slapdick way. So let me get to paying the bills. Uh, this episode of Slapdick Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. If you guys had a good weekend betting, which I did not, um, then choose Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the games, but you still can be on the action at Bet Online. Um. Uh, I'm going to get into this, man, before I, I, I got to let you know something. From game spreads to total team, uh, player and coaches props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. Hey, you can play blackjack too, man. I won 50 bucks playing blackjack, and I got out of there because I don't trust computers. So, uh, so head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So, uh, good morning, all my YouTubers, man. Appreciate you guys coming in, catching the morning show uh, on this Monday. Listen, man, I, I'm condolences to a great man. First of all, to start the show off, uh, got to meet him one time um, a couple years back. When you meet some people, man, you know people are a good dude, especially when you're a recruiter like myself and you're. I like to say I'm a good judge of character. Uh, this guy could tell had a good heart, man, and 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 meant well, man. And uh, I was a fan growing up when I was a youngster, um, watching watching the Reds and the Dodgers used to battle. But Joe Morgan, the great Reds player and baseball announcer, has died here in California at age 77. Um, just adding to the shit pile of a year we were in, man. So. Shout out to Joe Morgan, all his folks here in California. 
Uh, he passed away last night in Cali here, 77 years old. I used to love listening to Joe uh, call games too, man, when I used to watch baseball when they weren't all prima donna stuck-up fucks. So I'm going to go into this new little section of the show. I'm going to call Pros and Cons, all right? I'm gonna, this title of this show is called Pros and Cons, all right? So we're going to get into the pros and we're going to get into the cons of not only my shit, my weekend, but sports, life in general, all right? Pros. Let's start with our first pros. Lakers win uh, as they smoke slapdick cigars. Shout out to Danny Green for hooking me up. Uh, he's been ha- he's had my cigar and whiskey in the bubble uh, for a few weeks, and uh, appreciate him doing that for me. Um, and I want to clear the air. Fucking, I post a tweet last night that I said if the champs can smoke slapdick cigars, so can you. Everybody's like that ain't. LeBron ain't smoking a slapdick. That's a Drew Estate. First of all, I never said he was smoking a slapdick, you fucking slapdick. Read my goddamn text. Read my tweet. Listen to my podcast. Of course, Drew Estate's going to be in the mix. You, know, you don't think everyone in America wanted to be on fucking the Lakers winning the show and having their product in their fucking mouth? Number one, I never said it wasn't my, it was my cigar in LeBron's mouth on the fucking video of, on ESPN. Number one... Number two, I said, shout out to Danny Green. He's had my slapdick cigars and whiskey. They celebrated last night with it. I will air. I will post some things coming up, but just understand people never can stay in their lane. They always want to say something, man, when they don't know nothing. That's the cold part about it. Anyway, and whoever the cowardly fucks are that were giving Danny Green and his fiance death threats because he missed a fucking shot. Should be castrated. Go fucking get a life. All you social media fucking killers. Make me fucking laugh. I'd laugh so hard as I sip my slapdick whiskey. When you guys make these fucking idle threats on social media. I promise you. I'm telling everybody here out here. I've had these motherfuckers DM me some bitch ass shit. I literally drop my address to them and say, come to my fucking address and let's chop it up. How ironic is it that I have yet to have a motherfucker show up to my address? I get my address to motherfuckers all the time, man. It's just ironic. Nobody's ever shown up. Pressure burst pipes. Let me tell you guys. Um, a lot of faking, fucking fake keyboard cowards out there, dog. Goddamn. Shout out to Danny Green, though, and his fiance. Congratulations. Appreciate you supporting the show, supporting the slapdick uh, movement um, with the whiskey and the cigars, man. Hope the Lakers enjoyed them. Um, congratulations, number 17. Number three for Danny Green. You can say what you want about it. Danny Green's a winner. He's fucking, like, holds every record at North Carolina. We're the same place where Michael Jordan went. James Worthy. Sam Perkins. There's been a lot of fucking great Carolina um, Tar Heels, man. Vince Carter. We can go on and on, right? Danny Green holds virtually every record in that college, in that university's fucking record books in basketball, just so everybody knows. He's won three championships, more than 99% of everyone else that plays, just so you guys understand how this shit works. And he's been in the league how long now? Fucking pushing 14, 15 years. He was on the Cleveland Cavs as a rookie with LeBron. You guys don't know that shit, huh? So, um, 
I'm still on my first pros. Why does fucking J.R. Smith have his shirt off all the fucking time? Why is he in the front of the team pitcher when they win last night? Get your ass in the back. You just got here, motherfucker. But again, he is LeBron's boy, and so is Deion Waiters. Two crazy fucks, to me, belong on the Clippers with Lemon Pepper Lou. Them two motherfuckers belong on the Clippers with Lemon Pepper Lou. I'm just going to be honest. So can we please make that trade? Um, Cons. Dak Prescott breaks his leg. Sad for him and his family. Part of the game. Um, You know, you're going to hear the harsh reality and truth from me all the time. Um, There's not a lot of, uh, you know, I don't give a lot of sympathy for people and things, especially motherfuckers that make millions of dollars. I think this is a sport we choose to play. Um, If we make millions of dollars, so be it. I think we do deserve it. But at the same time, um, it's not the end of the world um, that we don't make this money because motherfuckers are out here working at Walmart all the time, right? Listen, Dak broke his leg. Sad for him and his family. But furthermore, if we if you ever go listen to who, what I caught when I talk about coaching, when I talk about the quarterback position, especially specifically in the NFL at the NFL level. Furthermore, proving why guys don't get paid to run the football from that position. I'm just telling you, uh, take it from a guy who had a cup of tea in the NFL, has been in those meetings, who knows NFL coaches and players to this day. You can argue all you want with me, but having been in those meetings and now having been a coach for 20 years, you can take my word for whatever you want. I must, re- I must much rather have my quarterback, my NFL quarterback, okay? Let's talk about, or I'm just saying NFL right now. I'd rather have my NFL quarterback throw a touchdown to a guy wide open over running around while guys are wide open um, and you're just running around back there. Also, wide receivers are the second biggest prima donna in football behind DBs. So have you guys seen the fucking wide receivers block that allowed Dak to be tackled the way he was? Just so we're clear, it takes 11 guys in this professional sport of football to get one guy like a Mahomes, like a Aaron Rodgers, like whoever to get that one guy. It takes 11 guys to get that one guy a huge paycheck, huge payday. In this sport, it's not like basketball. It's not like fucking, you know, it's not like baseball. This is a team sport that all 11 dudes have to do something right in order for one guy to get a huge paycheck. And the highest paid guy in the NFL is quarterback. And the second highest paid guy in the NFL is the left tackle. And usually the third highest paid guy is a fucking D tackle. That gets to the fucking highest paid guy, right? There's a reason running backs are the lowest paid. There's a reason that wide receivers, DBs, running backs, linebackers, they're all middle of the pack, man. Because of not only is this guy protected like no other. who We're talking Dak Prescott who breaks his leg yesterday. He's supposedly protected like no other. But when guys run around and the, def- and, the, and the NFL 
has created this atmosphere that is conducive to quarterback play and offensive being successful. Basically telling defenses, fuck you, can't hit the guy, can't hit him low, can't hit him high, can't hit him late, etc., etc., etc. You don't think cats want to take shots at dudes when they do break the pocket and fucking escape? Cats want to take shots at your ass if you're going to be protected as, as much as you are by this league. So understand that going in. Number two. Please understand. Like I said, it takes 11 dudes to fuck, make you guys rich, make one guy rich. It takes one fucking dude to lose you a big paycheck. I hope he recovers. I think he will. But I don't think that he will ever wear a cowboy jersey again. And I think he moves on, which is probably best for Dak at this point. So that's what I see. Um, You know, I told you it's a risk versus reward league, man. And these guys, and I'm going to get into why I call football JV football this year. But, you know... It's unfortunate, man, dealing with what all he's dealt with and all the shit he's dealt with. Um, Should have took the deal, I thought. But, you know, that's why there's these incentive deals. That's why there are these one-year deals. That's why there's these, you know, 10-year deals. That's why uh, you tag them, uh, franchise tag them. There's a lot of issues out there, man, with the collective bargaining agreement with football's union. And uh, I'm disappointed in the Football Players Association this year because I think they had a platform to stand strong and make a difference and do some things. And I believe that uh, 77 casualties have paid the dear price and may not ever see that long-term money. 77 guys are who's been injured this year already that have ended their season, possibly in their long-term contracts. Because, like I said, these billionaire owners don't give a fuck. You're you're working for these billionaire owners, man. It's fucking slave labor, bro. You guys don't want to get, understand, but there's players out there understand. Former players, uh, we talk all the time talking about, man, this is fucked up. We should have stood strong. And look what's happening. Billionaires are making billions. Millionaires are losing millions. And nobody cares. So, um, wide receiver misses the block. Lazy fuck. Don't finish. Eye in the sky, don't lie. Play until the whistle. All the shit we can tell these guys. And he gets his quarterback's leg snapped. Just telling you. Look at the film. Um, let's continue on the pros and cons. Pros. Downtown L.A. looked like downtown L.A. after an L.A. team wins a championship last night. It looks like a normal downtown L.A. after a normal L.A. team wins a chip. That was a pro. The con. We are in a pandemic. And in a week, there will be 400,000 new fucking cases, which only hurts our California high school kids who cannot play and our JUCO kids who cannot play. It just, it's just a fucked up year, to say the least. I want the Lakers guy. I want L.A. to celebrate. We need it. Um, we needed to celebrate after a win, man. Um, but, you know, at the same time... Um, Got to be smarter. I hope there wasn't a lot of injuries or people going to jail last night. I know there was. I heard some things, but I heard, uh, you know, it just, you know, cats want to celebrate and do do what they do. But, you know, 
I just hope there's not a huge outbreak. And I mean, this governor here in California, Newsom, he's got a lot of issues going on, man. He's got to figure out some shit real quick. Um, it, it, it's crazy right now. But I, I wanted to see the Lakers parade and shit like that. I don't see how you're going to have a parade. And if the Dodgers win, man, we're going to have a fuck. We're going to be in another fucking pandemic on our own without COVID. Because we're going to have fucking riots all over the motherfucker. Dodgers and Lakers. Shit, when the Dodgers and Lakers win, on a normal fucking time, we're turning over buses and burning them motherfuckers. So, I don't know, man. We're going to see. I hope, uh, I hope it works out. So... Everybody stay safe out here. Shit. Um, hopefully California High School can get to play football again, man. It's been fucked up. All right, pros. I won seven games in a parlay Saturday. In a college parlay, I won seven games. Con, I lost one fucking game. So guess what? I didn't win shit. Fucking Tennessee, man. I had the motherfuckers covering. They were not only winning, they were covering. And... Uh, that was my fucking eighth game, and I would have won some pretty good money. So, no, I lo- no, I didn't pick. Uh, I, I picked the college parlay, not not me and uh, Brandon Lang. I picked up my own little bet online college parlay on Saturday. I didn't put Mississippi State in that in that deal with UK. Uh, I'm going to talk about Mississippi State though. Uh, Pros, Atlanta Falcons fired a good man in Dan Quinn. Cons, Atlanta Falcons fired a good man in Dan Quinn and the GM. Um, I told you guys before the season, man, this is a results-oriented business. COVID bought Bill O'Brien and Dan Quinn a pro- probably an extra week or two. And at the end of the day, it's what have you done for me lately. It's a cold business. I try to tell you guys all the fucking time. By the way, the White Sox just fired Renteria former great Marlin and Mariner, who was a White Sox manager in, the, in, in Major League Baseball. They just fired his ass today. This, nobody cares. These billionaires don't care. Like, when you guys want to buy into this shit, they don't give a fuck. So, I've been telling you guys. So, let's get into why this pandemic is causing me to call football JV football. All right. First of all, the opt-outs due to the health concerns. Right? I mean, I got a I got a legitimate gripe there, right? All these opt outs have caused me to call JV call it JV football number one, number reason one. Okay, the opt outs due to entering the NFL draft at the college level and getting prepared for that is the second reason. The third reason is the non committal responses from the players who had the platform to really make a change. But then start hashtag we want to play over what I think hashtag we want what's right should have been hashtagged. Instead of that hashtag, we we create a one that we want to play where nobody's at risk but you guys, players, and where nobody gives a shit and all these billionaires, we just continue to fatten their pocket. And you guys had the platform and the opportunity but you have to cease that one opportunity, man. And that was our opportunity. I was telling my former players to stand strong. 
Um, I understand dudes want to play, man, but the NCAA hey, gave you a year back. I mean, this it is what it is. You could have came back or you entered the draft. If you have to come back, come back. You don't mean you have to play this year. It It's really showing. But I'm going to get into why other reasons. The fear factor that we are allowing this to control us as a nation like nothing else prior has also been a huge fucking reason why I call it JV football. The fact that we've had unprecedented injuries and they continue. The fact that the NFL has forced games on players, which has possibly ended, ended many careers or cut them short. Or fuck their contract years off and possibly have created a sour taste in many, many people's mouths moving forward. Continuing to prove that they are a meat market. The players are the pieces of meat in the market. And we continue to please billionaires and continue to be risk versus reward with millionaires. Saying the NFL schedule. Let's break this down. I'm talking about all football now. College and football. And, and, I'm talking about all football, and it's just relative to everything. College, foot, pro, high school, junior college. The NFL scheduler, whoever this guy is or woman, has to be some type of, no disrespect, Asian, like, math major. There's no fucking way that this ain't the hardest job figuring out how to reschedule these games on a drop of a dime every day because of the COVID or because of some shit happens. Supposedly the Denver and the Pats were supposed to play tonight. Now that's been pushed to next Sunday. Then the fucking now it's October 29th because Denver was supposed to play fucking Buffalo. And now that game's changed. Dog, I can't keep up. I don't even try. I don't want to. I'm just going to keep betting the games that are on Sunday. And uh, I'm basically stopping my DraftKings on NFL. Now that NBA's over, it's tough not to throw a little coin out there to try to win me some debt. But the players, nobody knows. There's a fucking practice squad, dude. Got 45 points last night on DraftKings. Like, come on, man. So, I'm just telling you. Um, you got to be a fucking math major to figure out this goddamn schedule. And, you know, it's just blah, 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 blah. It's just something's changing every day. You know, fuck me. I'm not surprised if we don't make it past Christmas. I've been telling you guys. So why are we continuing to play NFL games on Thursdays, NFL? I, I just, you're fucking killing me during a pandemic when these injuries that are all-time high and guys really need proper testing, proper rest. You guys are forcing this shit on dudes. and But you dudes, you players, have allowed it. So fuck it. Let's continue to play. You guys had the opportunity to fucking drop your nuts, man. Why do coaches do some of the shit that they do? All right. And you guys can say, well, why did you do what you did, Coach Brown? Listen, there's a difference between making millions of dollars and the, by definition is considered as professional, right? College coaches the same way. And making thousands and your number one priority is to help kids get where they could not get themselves there's a huge difference so wins and losses don't mean shit to me where i coach where that's all that matters to presidents ad's and billionaires in the nfl so make sure you understand and clarify i wanted to clarify i like coach zimmer at minnesota all right he can go up eight points last night 
which puts him in like a 97% winning bracket, okay? Um, 97% of – he puts, puts, puts Minnesota in a 97% chance to win last night if he kicks a field goal and goes up eight, okay? Going for it on fourth down gives the winning percentage to switch to Seattle to a 77% for Seattle. So do the math and the flip on that, okay? The turn of the tide with that call lost you the game and put you at one and four and made Russell Wilson, in my opinion, the NFL MVP in week five. Week five, to me, made Russell Wilson the NFL MVP. He's 5-0. and He's dominated. Now he's led his team back again to win another one um, with a minute left. He's the MVP with Mahomes losing in the manner that he lost in. And it's going to come down to Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, for the MVP. But going up eight and making them score and go for two seems to be the move in a data-driven league which the NFL is, where 90% of third and long calls are either draw or screen just to punt the football so we don't make a mistake and I don't get fired. Just so everybody out there knows that if you guys don't know how the NFL is operated, it's a data-driven analytical league where it's based on being safe. So if you ever watch NFL games on Sundays, just take your own notes and say, how many times was it third and 10 or longer? And did you see draw or screen? Because we rather punt the football and play defense than go for something dumb, drop back, pass, throw it, break a leg on the quarterback or get fucking sacked or get a fumble or a pick. We're going to be smart, punt the football away and live to fight another day. That's how the NFL operates. Data control. Data analytics, all these things that these companies buy, the NFL teams buy from these companies that give up all this data, okay, stats. So, in a league where that's a where it's such data driven, and you go for it on fourth when you should have kicked the field goal and went up eight. I'm just another. I sound like another slapdick hater who's just talking and judging and second guessing another coach. I hate doing that shit like no other, as you guys probably know by now. But I see all these people talking shit about Zimmer and why, and they wanted me to address why Minnesota didn't go for the field goal. I don't know why. I'm not Coach Zimmer. I wasn't in that situation. Obviously, just watching the football game, Minnesota did a great job dominating the line of scrimmage, in my opinion. He probably felt we can get one fucking yard and end this game. I'm not totally mad at him about it. I just think if it was me, and I'm, who cares what you guys think about, or who you know, I know, I know nobody cares what I think. But all I'm saying is, if it was me, I kick it to go up eight because that's the only thing they can do is go for two. I knew the stats were low, the data was going to be low, the the chance of winning for you to score in a minute and go for two and get it is just very low. So I don't know. I know Rex Ryan gave him a hard time this morning on ESPN. I know he was talking about. There's no way he loses that game. Um, and I love Rex Ryan, but there's another reason. You know, we're just talking because Rex Ryan's at ESPN Studios and, and not on the sideline calling the game, right? So we can all say what we want to say. But there's only one guy making the call at that particular time, and that was Coach Zimmer. 
and uh, he has to live with his decision. I've, I've done I've done those decisions, and there's a reason. You have a feel for your team. You have a feel for what's going on in the game. You want to put your dagger on. He's a defensive-minded guy who probably said, fuck this, let's end this game right now. It is what it is. Um, so I don't know. You know, we're doing shit like this in the NFL at a all-time high this year, though. I'm just going to be honest. We are doing these type of things. If you've seen these calls this year, college and NFL, at an all-time high. So I don't know if it's fucking COVID or what, man. I really don't. Okay. Phillip's, Phillip Rivers' time has to be coming to an end. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, if they have a dude who is just consistent and don't turn the football over, the Colts may be a top-five team in the NFL this year. No bullshit. You, you might laugh. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They got some good wideouts. They have a good running game. Like I said, they play solid-ass defense. Quarterback is killing them on this particular team. And I just think that Phillip Rivers, I probably his career probably ended a few years ago. I mean, I have no problem in ill will against for Phillip Rivers. You know, he's got 27 kids, all that shit. I don't care about all that. He's To me, he's always been pretty average. Um you know, he's, it's a hard-thrown delivery. He's, he's, he's half-assed between fucking Dan Marino and um, Tony Romo as far as his three-quarter delivery. It's, it's awkward for wideouts to catch the football. I know I had a wideout catch the football from him. I'm just telling you, he's been great because of longevity. Um, I just don't think he's hurting the Colts, man. So I'm just letting you know. Colts could be very good. I'm just telling you. Colts are not a bad team if they have consistency in the, in the red zone. Uh, let's get into this college football in the SEC playing no defense and how similar it is to the Big 12 playing no defense. Okay, I'm going to get into this whole thing. Um, i answer a few questions first. John Clooney said, in my experience, have I seen players come back from serious injuries to be back to 100%? Um, I have seen it. It just depends on where the injury is. Um he said the only player he can think of is Adrian Peterson. Uh, there's been many, many more, um, brother. Um, and it's all good. I mean, if you guys know who Freddie Mitchell is, who helped Eagles uh, get to a Super Bowl, um, if you guys go Google Freddie Mitchell, he had probably the worst, and I was at the game because his brother played for me at Compton College, um, Tremaine Mitchell. But at the time that he snapped his femur um was probably the most horrific gruesome football injury i've ever seen along with napoleon mccallum when he had a spiral fracture on a monday night game for the raiders and along with joe theisman snapping his tibia freddie mitchell's foot hit him in his helmet so you guys do the math and figure that out. If you've never heard about Freddie Mitchell's injury or seen it, I was there live on a sideline. He landed in such a way after catching the football. Um, when he landed, snapping his femur, our largest human bone, in two, and his leg releasing from the break and his foot hitting his face tells you how bad that injury was. Freddie Mitchell played in the NFL and caught balls in meaningful games. So, with a titanium rod in his femur, 
So there's been guys that have recovered from much worse injuries than Dak's ankle compound fracture. But when he comes back, not only will money dictate what he does, he will be more one-dimensional, which Dak can be. Dak has the arm strength. He has the, I think he has a football intelligence, what I call FBI. I think he has some things. But his game's going to have to totally change. See, I think if Lamar Jackson has that happen, he's fucked. Because he can't stand in the pocket as good as a Dak can and deliver the ball on time in a timely fashion, quickly, accurately. But saying that, I just I, I still never thought Dak was one of my top five, ten quarterbacks. I mean, I just, I never, I always said I don't think he was even close to earning that money, him deserving that money. But saying that, it shows you how fucked up the marketplace is. And if the market is set up to get paid, pay Kirk Cousins and pay Carson Wentz and pay golf, then I do agree Dak deserves the money. The market sets the pay. But I don't agree any of those quarterbacks I just mentioned deserve any of that money. So I'm just telling you. Walter, what up? Late to the party. He owes me some hands down, hips down. If you guys know what that is, watch my football coaching one-on-one show tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Pacific on YouTube. Um, so we're going to get into this college football deal, all right? Oh, yeah, and don't forget Jimmy G. But Jimmy G was at least a winner for the most part. He's always won. Never won the game, but he's won games, right? Um, man, I didn't think the Raiders would win, but I'm telling you, after a Super Bowl, and you're everyone's coming after you, a, b, um, hey man, Mahomes is 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 looking, you know, more and more like. I don't want to say it because I think he deserves the money, but, you know, a, a half a billion dollars, uh, you know, I, personally, I would have waited to pay him another year for that money. But I don't believe he's a flop and going to just be the biggest bust after a three years career. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I want to see. Uh, I still want to see what he does because defenses are still adjusting to him. And, you know, I want to see how great he is without – the most dynamic weapons in the NFL. I want to see how he does with Russell Wilson's talent and Aaron Rodgers' talent. Because those guys are balling out of control with much less talent than the Chiefs and are just still winning. So just in there in years 10 plus. So I'm just telling you, we're so quick to uh, award reward people, man, nowadays and, and anoint them the greatest thing since sliced bread, but then reality hits and people are like, holy fuck, we made a huge mistake. Well, that's business, and uh, I'm not a business instructor. So let's get into college football and the SEC playing no defense and how similar it is and why people are saying now the SEC looks like Big 12 on defense. So first of all, no camps, no padded practices, Zoom meetings has limited the preparation, correct? Let's all agree there. Second, this furthermore proves my point that when the SEC plays 
only, only SEC teams and not fucking Walford and UTSA and North Carolina AT&T and Jackson State, they score points on each other. And they all don't get to start the season at 3-0. And etc. Okay, let's just be real about it. We argued this yesterday with some friends. He says, is LSU 1-2 and two in a non-COVID year? And I said, yes, if they only play SEC teams and not these fucking cash payout games, right? LSU was a one-hitter quitter. They had a one-hitter quitter type of season, meaning a transfer QB, an OC who understood where the SEC's personnel was most vulnerable, took full advantage of it, and had great talent around Burrow. And uh, they were just better. I love Ed Ogeron, but this is pretty much what I expected from them and the entire country in football, to be honest, this year. Um, I just, this is what I expected. I know Ed very well. I'm not going to say nothing bad. I'm just telling you, there's certain coaches that belong in head coaching chairs, and there's certain ones that belong as assistants and recruiting coordinators and rah-rah guys, Okay. I'm just telling you, when you know football and you know the game and the business this long, even though it's not, I've never been a Division One coach, but I don't give a fuck. I don't need to be a Division One coach to know how it's operated because I've been in it long enough. I've had enough players go there, and I've seen and met enough people, and I know enough people to understand the situation. All right? I've done it enough. I don't believe... That LSU will ever be as good as they were last year. Not for some years anyway. And consistent culture and consistent winning culture is very, very far and few between and very hard to create and keep. Alabama's done it. Clemson's done it. Name me another one that's done it um, since USC. Florida won a few titles with Urban and Ohio State. So you can throw or any any Urban Meyer team to me has done the same. And to me, there's only three coaches in college football that deserve the money they get. And that is Saban, Dabo and Urban Meyer. If he was coaching. Having said that, it's results oriented. They not only graduate their dudes, they win natties and they get their guys in the NFL. Those are what that is what college football in a nutshell should be. Graduating your guys, whether it's before they earn an NFL contract or after, you still graduate your guys on the scholarship that you gave them. And second, you get your guys to the NFL. Thirdly, you win national championships. There's only three fucking dudes that do it. That's Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, and fucking Davo Sweeney. So those are the guys that deserve the $9 million a year. These other motherfuckers don't. Unless they start doing that on a year-in-year basis. Year-in-and-year-out basis. So, please stop with the Lane Kiffin is stealing the signal shit. When you, when you fucking... Nick Saban has a horrible issue with tempo on offense. He's literally said it. He said I, it shouldn't be allowed. He's saying all kinds of shit about it. He has struggled versus tempo for the last 10 years. He hates playing it. He'd rather be in 21 personnel fucking running ISO and power at his ass so he can fit that shit up. Conventional as fuck because he's a fundamentally sound, great coach and teacher of football. 
he'll dominate you all day long doing that. But when you give him tempo and, you know, shit, Nick's had a hip replacement. He's a older guy. Love him. I mean, I think he's great. Um, and I know he has a great sense of humor if you know him. But at the same time, it's like, come on, man. That's his mindset. He's old school. He wants to fucking fit up power and ISO and stop play pass. He don't want to face no huddle tempo. So he's going to say shit to say shit. All right. He can. He deserves it. He's allowed to do whatever he fucking wants. But relax. First of all, tempo teams. Trust me, because I've done it right. They're trying to call a play in 15 seconds like Lane Kiffin was right and how the fuck are you, if you ever coach football, not only prepping to steal your defensive terminology and plays, getting it stolen and implementing it into your offensive call within a 15-second window is almost impossible. So please stop saying that he was stealing plays. Holy fuck. It's the funniest shit I've ever heard. First of all, it's not very easy. And we have far much more to do as coaches than to worry about and putting energy into something like that. Like I said, Saban hates tempo teams. He struggled playing them. He gave up 50-something versus a fucking A&M team that had uh, Johnny Manziel on it, just, just so you understand. So he's faced and struggled against tempo teams for quite a while, okay? So let's just be honest. Um... So, you know, I just think Lane's already changed the culture up there in Ole Miss, and he could be a team in the next few years to be worried about. Um, let's let's slow down on the Mississippi State leech thing. He's now being schemed. I told you guys two weeks ago, hold on. He'll come out and be barn burner, but then he's going to get schemed, and he don't have his own personnel yet. He don't have his system guys yet. I keep saying yet capitalized, okay? So... He's going to get schemed, and he's going to get out-hatted. He has less players than a lot of those teams. Remember, that team's down. And even though he has better talent than he had at Washington State, he doesn't have the guys he needs to be the full successful coach. He wants to be at Mississippi State. So let's pump our brakes. He'll be fine. Um, they're going to get you know out-athletic, out-athleted right now. So until they get their guys in, um, they'll, be off, they'll be fine. Um, just don't write him off quite yet. Everyone's so fucking quick. First of all, he comes out, beats LSU. He's coach of the year. Mississippi State is the best team in America. And then he turns around and loses to Arkansas and Kentucky. And now he's horrible and should be fired. You motherfuckers are so goddamn. You guys got to change your underwear more than 10 times a day. All you fucks that have all these different hypocritical ass fucking sayings on Twitter. It's unbelievable to me. I think, I think Twitter I think Twitter should have a criteria. You have to state and prove what you do for a living if you want to comment on someone else's profession. Can we put that in? I just wrote it up right now. I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to fuck. I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to post it today on Twitter. You guys will all see it. Twitter. Um, what do we call that? Twitter. Um. Qualifications or what? I don't know. I'll figure it out. 
to post a tweet or Instagram post, you must have this criteria. Prove and show what you do for a living. I'm writing this shit down for real. You think I'm playing? In order to post and critique another motherfucker in another job profession. Because you jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none fucks that just want to fucking talk shit, prerequisite. There you go. Criteria and prerequisite. Um, you guys just fucking talk out your ass. It's amazing, man. You guys got to be fucking Bill Gates, Bezos. You got to be making the money they are, right? That shit's blowing my mind. I'm unbelievable to me. You got to be making that money for you to talk all this shit about everyone else in their job. God damn, it's unbelievable to me. Anyway, the SEC is what I thought it would be. When they don't play cash payout games and fucking Wofford and goddamn South Carolina State, they're going to play each other and beat each other up, and this is the records they're going to have. This is how it should be. When Pete Carroll was at SC, the motherfuckers didn't play Wofford and UTSA and fucking those teams. They were playing Arkansas and fucking Ole Miss and Auburn in their preseason. If you guys don't, go look it up. And SC was beating Arkansas and Auburn 55 to nothing. So I'm just throwing that out there. So look that shit up. Um. So Lane Kiffin's not stealing his fucking place because he scored a lot of points on Alabama's defense. And maybe Alabama's defense isn't very good this year, And number one, and he hasn't had enough time with them to do all the things Nick Saban likes to do. So they're getting gashed pretty good, just so we're clear. Oklahoma and Texas are two average football teams or bad football teams on a national scale. And they're two good football teams in a non-playing defensive conference. But please don't put them in a BCS playoff seating ever again, like I've been saying. Because I have been saying this shit. Remember LSU almost scored 70 on Oklahoma last year in the playoff? You can't tell me that LSU shouldn't have been playing Georgia in that playoff instead of Oklahoma. I mean, let's put the best teams in. Fuck the conference. Fuck if they've played before. Fuck all that. Oklahoma don't deserve to be in that motherfucker ever. Now, if they're just boat racing everybody and shutting motherfuckers down one year, like they shut out their teams in the conference, then you say, okay, now they got defense and offense to go with it. Then you put them in if they're a legitimate team. But we'll know if they're legit. We've known they're not legit for the last five, six, seven years. Maybe 15 years. Shit. SC boat raced them in a in a in a BCS bowl game. I don't know. Just my thoughts. Um, Dodgers play tonight. Looks like the Dodgers Tampa Bay Rays will play in the World Series. Who gives a fuck? Nobody's gonna watch it. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just crazy times we're in. Crazy times. Um. Yeah, too many couch coaches, man. That's that's the truth. 
Um, see what happens, man. Um, let's see here. Yeah, my plays did get stolen at Indy, man. A book. When I fired a coach, he took a playbook and sold it to the rest of the league. That's just a bitch. You know what I'm saying? That's all I can say on that. Um, yes, it is. Daniel Edwards on YouTube. First time Lincoln Riley has to coach a freshman from the ground up. I said, let's not anoint him the greatest quarterback guru ever until he coaches a guy that's not a transfer QB who's already played and had success. In two years' time, let's see if this kid, Ratner, whatever his name is, is going to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Then you can say, you know what? This motherfucker's produced Heisman quarterbacks every year. So let's see that first um, before we start saying, you know, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So um, let's get into... uh, you know, I just want to get into this week, man. Stay safe. Um, so like I said, tomorrow's my football one-on-one. Uh, you guys want to be the champions, be like the Lakers, smoke a slapdick cigar, drink some slapdick whiskey, slapdickcigars.com, coachjbstore.com, my whiskey. It's on my, all my bios on all my inst- um, social medias. Click my link tree. Take you to my whiskey and my cigars. And, uh, hey, I appreciate you, Walter. Uh, Will, all you guys, Shane, everyone that's a member, hey, join now, become a member. Um, and tomorrow, coaching one on one, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube only. This podcast will be aired here shortly on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's a great day to have a great fucking day. Real Coach JB, peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Let's fight a guy, man. I'm just telling you.